Happy to have on the show today, we have the Imaginaries, Maggie McClure and Shane Henry. So, Maggie, thanks for coming in today. Yeah. We're really glad to have you on the show. Shane, hi. And it's great to be here. Thanks, thanks for you guys. This Thank is something you. I thought we'd, we'd, we should do. I mean, the folks around here know who you are, basically, your hometown kids, yeah. uh, basically, uh, and just have done so much over the last uh, five or so years that, that I'm aware of, but uh, you guys have been in the music business pretty much your whole lives. So that's yeah. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been uh, a deep love of ours, and that's actually how we met was through music. And um, we're excited to be on the show today and talk to, about our backgrounds and how we got to where we are. And we appreciate you and Cool 105 for all the support over the years. All right, so Shane, you're I mean, you're both local, but Shane's really local. I mean, from yeah. Verdon, America, for right, crying right. out loud, yeah, right? Born, born and raised, and and grew up in Verdon. Went to high school through my junior year in Verdon, and then transferred to Chickasha for my senior year because I had to get out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> I had started working with a songwriter and a producer in Minneapolis, and I I graduated high school early because mm -hmm. they were on the block schedule back then and moved straight to Minneapolis and, and kicked off my you know, music career then. So pretty cool. You, you kind of got started a little bit late, I guess. So you were 12 when you went to your first concert? Is well, that right? I, I think, yeah, I think so, uh, 11 uh, or 12. Yeah. 12. 12 when I, the first concert that really, you know, had a major impact on me. I think there was other ones, but that was the one that was like, you know, something happened. I felt something in my soul, you mm -hmm. know. Um, it was the B.B. King Blues Festival in 1998, I think, 97, 98. And B.B. Uh, King, Buddy Guy, Bonnie Raitt, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Uh, it was just like, wow, you know. And I think coming out of that experience, I, you know, was already dabbling in music, and I was already kind of playing guitar a little bit, you know, strumming on chords and stuff. So but what, 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 what age did you start? I think I was, I, I picked up a guitar at 11, but really didn't get serious until I was 12. Uh, you know, really serious to learn it. And that was... I think the two concerts was going to the BB King Blues Festival and then seeing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers live was kind of like, okay, you know, and then I started begging for that electric guitar. I think I got it that Christmas when I was 13. Uh -huh. like that. Yeah. All right. And uh, been going, going at it ever since then. Ever for... since, man. I mean, it's, you know, being a guitar player is like, it's like a never ending, you know, mm -hmm. journey of growth. But um, yeah, I just... As soon as I connected with music and, and the guitar, I mean, I would come home from school and that's all I would do. I would just lock myself in my bedroom and practice for hours. And, and that's what it takes, you know, I mean, and it takes a lot of dedication and, and just staying focused on your instrument. You know, you got to be, mm -hmm. you got to, you got to keep your hands going daily. Yeah. Uh, just anybody that, uh, that goes to concerts or even listens to just music on the radio or whatever, just, uh, uh, guitar is difficult. Any, any any instrument is really pretty difficult, but it if is, you got it mastered, then that's great. Well, yeah. it, it, I don't think there's a such thing as mastering. That's true. Yeah. But, but what I was what I will say is like it takes that dedication to get to the point where your your calluses and your fingers, you know, you can overcome that because it's like it's painful at first. It's like I remember telling my mom, I was like, I can't play an F chord. It's just so hard. <laughs> it hurts so bad. The shape was one of those shapes that like mm -hmm. it's pinching into your your skin, you know. But once you get past that, it's like, okay, now you can fly on. So it's like you know? Paul McCartney would said, I've got blisters on my fingers. Or was that John? I don't remember. But anyway, that <laughs> exactly. yeah, was cool. All right. So, Maggie, you got started really early before you could talk, I guess. Huh? Yeah. How about that? That's yeah. <laughs> my parents uh, both had a big love for music. And when I turned one, they got me my first keyboard. And 
so not that I could actually play it at that time. I was really good at pushing the demo button and it would play a song. And I remember thinking that I was the one creating that. I thought it was so cool. So what's your earliest memory of mm-hmm. playing your piano or your karaoke? You were eight yeah. when you got your karaoke. Yeah, right, well, so. I started piano lessons when I was five, but I remember playing, you know, I know it's crazy, but I remember when I was one playing that keyboard. Um, but I started seriously taking lessons when I was five and then I started writing songs, um, when I was eight and started, my mom got me a karaoke machine. And so I was on that thing all the time, wearing out my cassette tapes, uh, with Bonnie Raitt and all kinds of amazing artists. That's how I discovered a lot of people that I listen to still today. And a lot of artists who really influenced me, um, Sarah McLaughlin, um, that's when I first heard Leanne Rhymes, um, I, Alison Krauss. So, um, that was a really fun time in my life. Um, and my friends and I, we had a, a singing group for fun and I would be the one who wrote all the songs and we'd perform them for our families. And it was like this big deal to us, you know, Sure. but, um, when I was 12, I started playing piano and singing at the same time. And uh, one of the first songs I learned doing that was Drops of Jupiter by Train. And when I was 13, I started playing, like, actual gigs. Maybe it was just a few songs, but it was still a gig. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was in high school, I was in an all-girl band. And I actually played drums and sang in that band. I played percussion all through school as well. At Norm, you went to Norman. Yeah, okay. Norman. Yeah, mm-hmm. Norman North, and um, recorded my first solo original album when I was seventeen. And which Shane, I played guitar on. Yeah, Shane played <laughs> guitar enough. on, and we 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 met through music when I was sixteen, turning seventeen. Um, so how'd that come about? Yeah, it Shane, came through um, a keyboard player that um, when I first started playing, you know, I was probably. See, 15, going to blues jams in Oklahoma City because they had the Oklahoma City Blues Society. It was pretty hot then, and you could show up and, and jam with people. And, you know, growing up in Verdon, Oklahoma, with no music in school, um, sports being a huge thing, obviously, which is cool. Um, there just wasn't a lot of, of other people that were my age that were into music. So I had to I had to seek it elsewhere, you know. So I went to I went to Norman. I went to Oklahoma City and, and, and connected with musicians. But... I had met a, a keyboard player that was working at Norman Music. Um, his name is Jim Robinson, and he is how Maggie and I met. Mm-hmm. And you know, oddly enough, he through this crazy. You know, I knew him. You know, when I was oh gosh, there goes my phone. Just turn that off. Um, <laughs> I knew him. You know, when I was fifteen. And uh, anyways, we through this long like crazy journey. He ended up dating Maggie's mom and marrying Maggie's mom. And that's how we actually met. Mm-hmm. And he was actually teaching me piano lessons at the right. time as and, well. You know, I'd, I'd moved off to Minneapolis. Like I said, he played with me, you know, from the time I was like 15 to 17. And then I moved to Minneapolis. And when I came home, he started working with me again in my 20s. And anyways, kind of crazy. Yeah. So Shane was playing a show and my mom and Jim were like, you should come. You'd really like it. And I was like, and this eh. is where at where that. Is it a place called the Red Dirt, Red Dirt Cafe, oh, yeah. which is yeah. now, it's like now a Mexican restaurant. It's like Pepe Delgado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said, Jim said, would you like to open? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So that's how we met is I opened for Shane. Um, I was 16 and turning 17 and he was 20 
And so we met through music, and I don't think we would have ever known each other if it weren't for that, because, you know, Norman and Verdon are pretty far apart. As far as culture is concerned. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially being a kid, you know, and, and being in your scene. But right. I remember the conversation, too, because we had been rehearsing for that gig, and Jim was like, hey, you know, I'm teaching piano lessons to this girl, and... She's only played gigs at like Borders Books and stuff like that. Could she open the show for you? And I was like, sure. Thank you for giving me a chance, Shane. I gave you your, I gave you your big shot. I bet you were really nervous, oh, weren't you? Oh, I was. So we. So talk, know, when did the partnership then yeah, begin from there? So we, we hit it off, but we hit it off. We started. Obvious age yeah, gap, there was like that age, awkward yeah. age gap of me being 16 and him being for, 20. For you know, young right, adults that age, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So we didn't date for a few years. No, we, we were friends, and we started dating when I was a freshman at OCU. Um, and, you know, through all this time, we had our separate solo careers. We really didn't collaborate as far as writing together or playing together. Well, that's because you really hadn't had a lot of experience co-writing songs. And, and from my early journey when I was signed to Shauna Key Records, they were like, your songs are good, but you need better songs. And they would actually set me up with, you know, songwriters because – that's, I mean, that, and the, to this day, I mean, the, you know, the big, big, big artists are, st they're still songwriters writing songs for them. So, you know, I'm, I would meet all these different songwriters and do all these co-writes. And so that was a way of creating for me. And for you, it was more of, you know, writing yeah, from your Yeah, I had always written from a personal right. standpoint, the songs that really meant a lot to me that I could really speak about. Um, but when we started dating, Shane encouraged me to start co-writing with people. We had a trip. We went up to Minneapolis and wrote with Kevin Bowe, who Shane has worked with in the past. Kevin's He's an incredible, amazing incredible songwriter, songwriter and producer. Um, worked with everyone from Etta James to Johnny Lang to mm -hmm. Leonard Skinner to you name it. You know. So He's the three of us wrote a song and put it on my um, self-titled album that I put out in 2007 mm -hmm. and Shane also played guitar all over that album and then I would sing backgrounds all over his albums and yes I think it was just more of like a musical collaboration of sort of backing each other mm -hmm. up in the early days and then like I had I think from like 2007 to 2009 I had like a weekly gig at the Deep Deuce Bar and Grill and you know Oklahoma City, <laughs> Oklahoma yeah. City. Yeah. and you know Every week I'd be playing there and just friends would get up and, you know, play songs or sing. And Maggie would get up, sing backgrounds and play keys or whatever and maybe play some of her own stuff. And so those were like the early days of us kind of collaborating mm -hmm. together, I think, musically. And then uh, fast forward to like 2009, um, she she got on board with a booking agency that actually booked musicians at colleges all over the United States. So you would show up to whatever university and play the whatever auditorium they had or whatever event they would have mm -hmm. for music. And th these schools all had budgets for it, you know? So that happened and, and, uh, it ended up being kind of a, you know, you kind of took off quick with that. Yeah, right? Cause did. you booked like 90 shows or 120 right shows, off the bat. you know, in 2009 or 2000, 2010, somewhere in there. And so yeah. you needed to be on the road. So she finally realized that, you know, this was something cool she wanted to do. And then she was like, oh, crap, I don't want to go on the road with my keyboard by yeah. myself, you know. <laughs> and so can you come with me yeah. and play guitar? So um, so I was able to work that out and figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what we did. We just went out and played colleges. Like, I'd back her up. And then 
through this process, mm-hmm. the same agency started booking me shows. So and I, I was, would back you up. Yeah, so it kind of just became this thing where we were just like a duo mm-hmm. backing each other up on our own music, yeah. but we weren't necessarily like collaborating together. Right. 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 And, and the and first thing that we did together was really Christmas music in 2012. Right. Um, yeah. We wrote first thing on my Christmas list and really just for fun we did it we put it out we had no expectations and some of the coolest things we've ever had happen have been because of that song yeah and i think you know a lot of times when you're creating too like if you just create because you want to create that's usually when great things happen like usually when you try to aim your arrow at shooting creativity towards some sort of success it never lands there so i remember that that writing session we wrote that song with our friend jeff silbar he was one of the writers that shanaki had set me up with when i was 19 and jeff is a grammy award-winning songwriter he wrote the song you're the one beneath my wings amongst other fantastic songs for john cougar mellencamp and you know kelly clarkston and you know big artists anyways um we got to jeff's that day and i said man have you ever you know have you ever written a Christmas song? And you know, because Hallmark's office is literally at the bottom of the hill. He lives in really? he lives okay. in Studio City, yeah. California, on Sunswept Drive. And every time we would drive up there, you drive past the Hallmark office, you know. And I said, man, we should write a song and march it down there because they need some good songs on their shows. <laughs> and I mean, and so we did have we had a little bit of an aim for that day, but we just we just wanted to do something for fun, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it ended up being our first Christmas song that's opened a lot of doors for yeah. us in that realm. Yeah, it led to us getting to do the NBA halftime shows, which was awesome. We got to do the Thunder game one year, and then the following year we got to do Madison Square Garden for the Knicks, and that was an incredible experience. We also went to Charlotte. We also went to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Hornets, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, all from our Christmas music. We had no idea, and then the songs have been licensed in so many movies. It's so cool. So what did the move to California happen? Yeah. The move to California was right in uh, 2012. 2012, in January of 2012. We actually got married in August of 11, or excuse me, October of 11. (laughs) I'm, you're going to laugh. Anyways, <laughs> October of 11. And we, we had already been talking about, you know, you know, moving to California. So we went out and we, su- we did a sublet in several places and, and sort of kind of got a lay of the land. And then we decided to move out there in February of 13. And we were there for, I would say it was a solid, you know, five years kind of off and on mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of 17, early 18 is when we move back to and we both during that time were putting out solo records um to this date i've put out i think four or five and shane as well and you know we were playing maggie mcclure shows and shane henry shows the imaginaries was not even a thing at that time yeah um was kind of like that through the first i would say three years of living in la i mean even in the 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. we were still, we'd always talked about it. And I mean, you know, once we moved to LA, I think that the songwriting side of things for Maggie and I really started to develop. You know, mm-hmm. we were co-writing with other artists. We were getting opportunities to write for different film and TV licensing things. And so when you get opportunities like that, you just jump on them and mm-hmm. it's different. It's not quite as precious as your solo art, you know? And so I think that was a good thing for us because it allowed us to figure out how to collaborate, how to songwrite with each other, how to figure out, you know, just the dynamic of making that work, Mm -hmm. especially being in a relationship together. And then also it's like you're working together, creating a song. It's it's, It's figuring out how to separate the two and still 
be productive, you know yeah. what I mean? And so we finally did figure that out and started doing a lot of that. And I think that really helped lay the groundwork for what was to come with the Imaginaries. Mm-hmm. And so in 2018, that's when we really started the yeah, Imaginaries. Yeah, it was really in 2018. It kind of started blossoming in 17 because we were living in a house in Glendale, California that um, we found out how to black mold. And, uh, you know, people hear about this all the time. And it's like a, it's like a landlord's, you know, biggest nightmare mold. Yes. Oh, no, <laughs> don't say that word. But it was true. This house had like plumbing leaks and it actually was like a condensation line from an air conditioning and it was flooding under the house. So we were sleeping on a house that was like a river under it. It was like a pond under it, you know. And Maggie had had, had gone through this series of like sinus infections and whatnot for months and couldn't get couldn't get well and so we found this out so we had to move and a friend of ours (laughs) had a studio in thousand oaks california said well guys just come on out man and you can stay in the master bedroom of the studio the studio was in a house that he didn't live in it was his studio house he would come there monday through friday and and produce music for film and tv and um so he let us stay there and during that time we were really starting to write more songs that didn't really fit our solo projects anymore they kind of were shaping up this new sound this mm-hmm. more americana you know uh, thing it was like you know in the, in the everly brothers kind of harmonies and just different stuff that was outside of something i would put on a solo record and outside of something maggie would put yeah. on one of hers and the coolest part of it is we were starting to play these songs to our friend Devin, and he was hearing what we were up to and so we were on his mind and he came in one day and he said, there's a really cool opportunity I think you guys should should send your music in for. And I said, tell us about it, you know. He said, my friend John Cunaberti uh, from the Bay Area, who's a big record producer, worked with lots of great artists. He's doing this neat thing called the One Mic Series. And I said, what's, what's the One Mic Series? And he said, well, it's he's going to go to legendary studios across the United States and he's figured out how to record a band with one microphone in the center of the room. And everything about this recording is the placement of where the musicians are with around that microphone. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so he said, well, send me one of your songs and send me one of Maggie's. And I'll send them both and see if I can get you featured. It was one of those things where we did that and we went on down the road with other things on our list. Yeah, Life went kind on. Of forgot yeah. about kind it. Kind of forgot yeah. about it. And I would say a month later, John called me. And he was really excited to to hear our music and he really liked what we were doing and really trusted our friend Devin because they had collaborated a lot together over the years. And he said, I've got one problem. He goes, I really want to feature you guys both on this series, but I've literally booked up every slot. I only have one slot left. He said, can you guys do something together? And I said, yeah, we can do something together because we found out it was going to be at Muscle Shoals Sound in Muscle Shoals. Uh, Alabama, which is, you know, just such a legendary place, you know, it's like, it's just one of those spots where so many great records have been made. And, you know, that's where the Stones recorded mm-hmm. Wild Horses and Brown Sugar in that, in those walls. So I told Maggie, I said, we have to figure something yeah. out, you know. Well, and we had these songs kind of set aside. Yeah, we had a couple of songs already set aside that really worked. And the first one was Thinking About You, which and was one of, one of the first ones we wrote in Revival. And so, you know, we end up, We end up going to Muscle Shoals in April of 2018, and we didn't know anyone down there. We get there. We had we'd been talking to some musicians ahead of time, and we met this guitar player named Kelvin Holly, and he's a he's a he's a Muscle Muscle Shoals legend at this point. He 
played guitar in Little Richard's band for 25 years and has been a, a big force, you know, for a session guy down there, mm-hmm. played on tons of records. And so we show up in town and um, he's got a band lined up for us. And we go to another studio and we rehearse that day, you know, two, three hours. And then we go over to Muscle Shoals Sound, which is the studio on Jackson Highway. And uh, it's a very famous studio. And anyways, we do this one mic series and it just was this experience that was so amazing for both mm-hmm. of us we we'd been kind of in this this sort of blinders phase of being in our solo careers and just doing this one thing for so long you know and trying something new in a completely different way was like refreshing yeah. because i was playing acoustic guitar with another guitar player playing electric that wasn't normally something i would do right and um and we were singing harmonies and i mean it was just a different thing mm-hmm. and it just clicked you know and that's really when the band started. Yeah, we, we decided we've got to come back here to do the record. So we did a Kickstarter campaign. We raised over $20,000 thanks to fans, family, friends, supporters. And we were able to go back there and record our debut album. Um, we were working on it. And Shane, one day in the studio in 2019, we were back here. Uh, we had our studio set up here in town at his mom's, actually. Um, 20 minutes from here technically in Anadarko but um, we were working and Shane said hey I think you need to take me to the ER something's wrong and I was like what and he ended up having to have an emergency appendectomy and what should have been maybe a week out of pocket turned into a four month plus ordeal and unfortunately he's still having issues with it um so that was a really big um thing that happened to us and just realizing how precious your health is and how you can't do anything unless you have your health i mean i literally couldn't get off the couch for four months it was it was a bad it was a bad experience it was bad yeah anyways but you know but during that time you told me shane you said hey i want you i think i'm going to be better by christmas i want you to try to get us on a christmas tour i said okay that really gave me something to focus on besides keeping him well and of course that was number one but i also put my heart into trying to get us on a christmas tour and i succeeded i booked us um the brian setzer orchestra christmas rocks tour the entire 25 day tour the main support act the only opener um as a duo and so that was in it was like october 1st of 2019 when we found this out so we wrote a new song hometown christmas we printed christmas cds we got our debut album printed in time for the tour we ordered hundreds of t-shirts all kinds of merchandise we hired a tour manager rented a sprinter van um, we were ready to go and we were on our way to the first show in Minneapolis when I found out on Twitter that the whole thing got canceled. Oh my. Yeah. So I would equate that almost being as devastating as losing someone that you care about because I, I feel like we've worked so hard and getting that opportunity was such a special thing to happen when that got taken away it was very very sad um so we were pretty bummed out but 
didn't stay that way. I was bound and determined to make something happen. It actually got us really close to opening on another tour that season, but it didn't work out, and it's okay. It's all for the best. Shane really needed that time to heal anyway, so it worked out like it's supposed to. You never know what kind of doors is going to open up. and Yes. They they really have for you guys. and I can't believe we've gone this far without even talking about all the great success you've had uh, over the last uh, – you know, several years, yeah. uh, and it's really uh, amazing. And uh, you know, we want to know about how you came to meet Darcy Lynn Farmer yeah. and the whole Christmas movie. Town movie and all that. Yeah, so. sure. So we released our album in 2021 after COVID. Um, we during COVID, we got a call from our director friend Tim Armstrong, who lives in LA, who we've worked with on many films before this and he said hey guys i wrote a new script and i wrote roles for you and i would like for you guys to write and produce the entire soundtrack what do you think and this was during covid so we weren't touring there's not a lot of stuff going on creatively um not a lot of opportunities not a lot of income generating opportunities for musicians we jumped on it and we were so grateful for this opportunity to work on this film so a cowgirl song we started writing all the music in 2020 and uh, started producing it and then we were also producers on the film so co-producers so we helped with everything we helped cast the film we helped build set pieces we helped organize <laughs> calendars and casting and all kinds of crazy things um, we brought Tim to Oklahoma and more specifically to Chickasha. The whole entire movie was filmed here in Chickasha, Oklahoma, which was is the very, first film ever yeah, to do that. Yeah. First film to ever do that. And also not only that, it's very rare for a movie to be filmed entirely in one city. And I don't think people realize that, but it, it is very rare. So, yeah. um, we filmed in 2021, um, and we had a great time, Cheryl Ladd. Uh, Darcy Lynn we cast and Savannah Lee May and um, it was a great great experience it came out um, April 2022 in theaters and on streaming and now it's on Netflix so it'll be up there for another uh, six eight months or so and um, so make sure you check it out and yeah we met Darcy Lynn through that and we've been collaborating with her on um, some of her new music yeah that'll be coming soon we're actually we have one more trip planned here in a few weeks we're going back to nashville for producing and recording i think three more songs on her upcoming project yeah. which is gonna be really cool yeah. guys we yeah. are out of time i'm so sorry to say That's so we, good. we got a heavy back did you bring people up to date on the stuff you've been doing over the last several sure. years yeah so many awards and nominations for some oh, great awards you. all across the country it's great and it's it's just amazing that you still uh have your your hometown or your home state uh to, that, that you're proud of and yeah. are really bringing some, some great recognition to Oklahoma for all the talents and all the great Thank things you you've done. Thank much. you very much. We'll, sure we'll uh, definitely keep you posted on what's coming up. We've got a new album we're working on that will be coming out next year and uh, tour dates and lots of exciting things coming soon. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those social media things. So yeah. you have so, every day there's something almost. So, yeah, uh, it's it's a goal of mine. <laughs> at Imaginary's Band, everybody. That's right, at Imaginary's Band. And for our the website listeners. is imaginariesband.com, and people can check out all our music on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Lots of videos filmed right here in Chickasha in Oklahoma on YouTube. 
and uh yeah great thanks again guys appreciate you coming thanks in. for having us thank, thank you mcclure you. and uh, shane henry with the imaginaries on our program today